0: We deserve to experience love fully, equally, without shame or compromise.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of dish good evening salutations and welcome back to another episode of gay talk 2.0 in lgbt podcast we're streaming live on digital stream radio no we're not we are not hold on one second
2: in turn in turn in
0: turn Oh, my god need to have a talk with your boyfriend's boyfriend.
2: Who is no longer my boyfriend. <laughs> hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold
1: on. We're going to make sure that this is happening. So we're going to <laughs> click this on. And there we go. So we are streaming live um, on Digital Stream Radio, where you can access the live stream by visiting digitalstreamradio.com. My name is Tom, and I am your host. Our guest today, of course, is Shannon Ronan. She's the founder of Open Air Press. She is joining us to discuss Open Air Press's first first book titled coming out together a collection of short memoirs on the lgbtq plus experience we will chat with her on the second half of the show but now i am here in the studio with my friends starting with the first one
2: hey y'all nick or
0: trish and of course (sighs) jay bear aka your boyfriend's boyfriend
1: all right watch out for watch out for the watch out watch out for him (laughs) Dangerous that one. Um, Did
2: somebody somebody (laughs) add reverb on this episode?
0: See that
1: (laughs) it's self-made. Self made reverb, pretty much, pretty much. So, um, yeah, we so we have a guest, so we're going to you know, uh, go through the motions of the first half and, of course, take our break and then make sure we're back in time to um, welcome our guest Shannon. I'm super excited and make um, sure we
0: press record,
1: yeah, it's it's recording
0: and and, and what that we're on the live stream and all
1: that, yeah, good all stuff. that good stuff. So, but we are <laughs> so Trish, she's being a bitch, so I'm gonna go to you. <laughs>
0: How are
1: you, darling? I'm all right. You you were going through it, and sinuses is, you know, you sound a little congested. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. She walked in here. She looked like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. What your nose was really red. I was scared for you. I was like, I've been
2: blowing it all day.
1: Well, it's not the only thing you. Well, it's probably the only thing she's been (laughs) blowing in the past two years. Um, But we love you. Um, So I don't know.
2: I don't know what I'm allergic to. I think it might be something in my office. I don't know.
1: It's usually the case. Yeah, it's work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good, Jay. Jay Bear, how are you, darling? Good. 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 How are you feeling?
0: Uh, hanging in there. I have an appointment Friday, so let's see.
1: Well, you know.
0: Hopefully, they'll figure out what the hell's wrong with me.
1: Well, <laughs> well. Wishing uh, you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, a lot of,
0: that's a lot of work.
1: work. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to need Like physically,
3: little... maybe. <laughs>
0: Mentally,
1: mentally, that, that ship story. has
0: sailed. Forget about that one. Oh, God. There she
1: goes. Yeah. Off she went. <laughs> now, um, you know, just um, it's been it's been a crazy week yep. uh, for me. I have been uh, working in the office, uh, which is uh, frustrating. You know, even though we were approved for for hybrid. Uh, because we got a new employee in our, in our department, I have to do the training. And of course, because the training is being done, it needs to be done within the office. Um, and I understand that. So I've been going in and, um, it's been very taxing on me, especially on Mondays. Cause you know, we work at the bar till 1am and then I got to report to work at seven in the morning. And so it's been tough, but you know, well, we're, I'll get through it. Luckily, I
2: had this Monday off,
1: which was beautiful. So I have, I'm going to be off the week after Christmas all the way into the New Year. So I won't come back to work until the second or third, something like that. So nice. so I'm excited about that.
2: I had an accident today. Oh,
1: you always have accidents. It was a hate us, crime. Oh, tell me about it. Oh boy, what happened? So,
2: this morning I was making my eggs and I put them on the plate and then I was walking. So, I normally sit on my couch. I've got like this little thing that Tom gave me that I can like put my plate down. I listen to my book and I have my breakfast. On my way to the couch, my fork (laughs) stabbed
1: me. (laughs) You sure it was your fork?
2: Yes, I'm 100% sure. And it was a hate crime. Like, (laughs) literally. I sliced open my hand again.
1: So right because it wasn't not too long ago. Didn't you like slice your finger open to the point where you needed stitches? Or yeah, not?
2: on my coffee maker.
1: That was another hate
2: crime. I threw f- that bitch out and ordered a new one.
1: She's 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 out of it. Yeah, really? You're, yeah.
2: yeah. I look like a fucking.
1: I I, I feel oh, I, I feel bad. I feel that's bad. What
0: the hell of a scratch? That's yeah. that's an aggressive. Injury.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what you get when you try playing with things you shouldn't be playing with.
2: I was trying to eat my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: is
1: that your story? And you're sticking to it?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I'm just
1: accident
2: prone. Just, just yeah. make
0: sure the lube is washed all the way off next time. <laughs>
1: I'm
2: just like standing there with a fork in my <laughs> hand, like, oh no, my god, god. god, what the <laughs> fuck?
1: That's important. But I mean, well, the good thing is you don't need stitches this time around. I mean, I, at I least used... I don't think you don't. So
2: I, when I got stitches last time, they gave me that glue.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I put
2: that on, like, after I cleaned it out.
1: It's called liquid, liquid stitch. Yeah. yeah.
2: And it's gone now, but it's fine.
1: Well, like, like your soul, but yes. <laughs> well, that's been gone for a while. um, has <laughs> been gone for a while. Um, wow. Okay. Well, I, as long as you're fine, um, is your is your hand functional? Because I know you couldn't use your thumb for, for a while there. Yeah, that was terrible. You looked a little crazy behind the bar trying to serve drinks with, with your thumb like this. <laughs> she was like... I can't grab the bottles, you know, because normally when you grab the bottle, the first thing you do, if you want to stop the pour, you, you just put your thumb on the on, on the shop on the shop or thing. Right. To stop the flow. I don't do that.
0: Yeah, that's how you're supposed to. Yeah, right? I
1: don't it's stop ch- the flow. And so she just keeps going.
0: You don't get yelled at?
2: Yeah. I got a heavy pour. You're what are you giving doing? away in yeah.
0: the bar. She's,
1: gonna yeah. She's got a heavy pour.
2: Whatever. They think I steal pour. money anyway. <laughs> oh. Dollar for them. A dollar for me.
1: Oh Lord, have mercy! No, but but it's um, I'm glad that it wasn't you know worse than than it could have been.
2: Yeah, but how do you wake up to that shit? It's just not okay on a Wednesday. What a fucking hump day! I know. And
1: (laughs) eating eggs out of all things. I know. Hate crimes. Fucking hate Uh. crimes. I'm telling you God when him. he told me the story and he says like, it was a fucking hate crime. I was dying. I was upstairs on the floor laughing my ass off because I can envision the theatrics behind you screaming in your house like not again by and myself. on your sofa by yourself with a plate of eggs potentially all over the place. Did you glue Did you save it? What? Were you able to save the eggs? No, they were done. Yeah, they were done. There she was, was done blood too. all over them. <laughs> oh, I oh would have eaten it. It's, it's yours. It's like just imagine it was ketchup. Mm, No. Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) So um. So yeah. So that's that. That's that. But I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. I'm glad you're okay. So there is a couple of things that we want to talk about. Um, I I will warn you, this might be heavy. Um, but I'll start with something, something fun. So if you're a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, RuPaul's oh, yeah. Drag Race will return, um, to air on January 6th, if I'm not mistaken, on its new network MTV, Yo, these bitches be going all over the place. So first they started on logo. Then they moved to VH1. Now they're on MTV. Then they were on Peacock. Make up your mind. But anyway, this time around, this season is on MTV, and there are three Connecticut queens yes, mm-hmm. that were selected to be on um, on RuPaul's Drag Race. So the nutmeg state is representing hard. And um, <clears> I don't know. I have a funny <throat> feeling all three of them are going to get eliminated, and it's just not going to be fun.
2: From what I understand, one of them makes it pretty far, though.
1: Right. Because it's already done. It's already been yeah. recorded. Um, I'm, I'm rooting for... Um, lucy de um i love her because you know she she sings she's an actual singer and part of uh her her performance is that she does live singing um and i've been to a couple of her drag brunches she's really good yeah. and there's a couple of others but um you know we'll see how it plan- pans out i haven't watched um if i'm being honest um a season of rupaul's drag race in a hot minute oh, but me neither. I, I think i will watch this one
2: yeah, probably. Yeah,
1: just to be able to, you know, say that, you know, I supported the queens from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's that. So congratulations to to three queens from uh, Connecticut who will be in this season of RuPaul's Drag Race. And uh, now i Who are they? Lucy
0: uh, DeLuca, <clears throat> Robin Fierce. Mm-hmm. Robin? Yeah. Robin Fierce. Really? Yeah. And I'm looking them up right now. I have those two. I don't know who the third one is.
1: There's another one. Yeah. Robin from House Fears. <clears throat> I know, I know that that um, Sky Casper um, congratulated them. So well, Ricky
0: go, Ricky did as well.
1: I can I can go on his page and find it. Uh, let's see, Sky Sky Casper Entertainment. If you're wondering, he does a lot of drag brunches. Really does really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the three queens: Amethyst, Amethyst, Lucy DeLuca, and Robin Fears. So wow. Um, yeah all three of them imagine wow. that i think there's a fourth one but technically she's not in connecticut anymore she's somewhere <laughs> else so she originally was from connecticut but she's no longer is so yeah,
0: i know the talk's been going around for quite some time because i think just before um i think it was halloween right there was already talk about uh some drag queens being in, yeah. in, in drag in drag race, drag race. yes and, i know yeah, words yeah, are but, hard yeah
1: <laughs> no, but but um. so the thing is, you can tell because they stop performing. So one, of, they they place a lot of restrictions. When you get selected to be on the show, you can't do any press. You can't talk to anyone. You can't tell anyone you're on the show until it airs. Um, you know, you're sworn to, sworn to secrecy, and um, you can't really go out and do performances, which kind of sucks. It means you have to like go dormant,
2: yeah, until but, the air. But what they airing. get out of being on the show
1: oh it's are you kidding me yeah. the bookings i'm it's gonna be insane yeah yeah so congratulations to all mm-hmm. all three of them who knows maybe we can have them on the show at some point definitely listen all right um one more thing <laughs> so um I, this is gonna be very sad and, and my apologies in advance but today is december 14th and uh on this day i believe it was 10 years ago we had the shooting at um Sandy Hook Elementary, mm-hmm. where we lost 26 individuals. Uh, 19 of them were children between the ages of six and seven. And I could not. I woke up this morning feeling very, very weird, and I really didn't understand why a- until I realized, oh, today's you know it's the the 10 year anniversary of, of this I'm shooting. Stay, yeah. And um, you know, I, I remember. I was at work when this happened and I remember the news coming through about an active shooter in a school and, you know, then trying to figure out, you know, what's going on in the news. And, you know, the saddest thing about this whole whole thing um, was that they they decided that they were going to coalesce everyone in a specific place where parents can go and be reunited with their kids. And by the end of that day, as the day went on and the evening you know came to be, little by little, the parents that were left in that room started to suddenly realize that the reason why they were still there and they weren't reunited with their kids was because all their children were dead mm-hmm. um, you know and and you you start thinking about all of the the heroism that was reported on on behalf of the educators that were lost that day <laughs> Um, For example, Victoria Soto, who, um, you know, from from accounts was found on top of her students, protecting her students from the barrage of of, um, bullets that were, you know, being aimed at at her class. And it's just heartbreaking. And I felt that we could not move forward with today's episode without mentioning the fact that this happened and that since then. We've seen, for example, the shootings at, um, Uvalde. We saw shortly after that, a shooting in Aurora, Colorado at a movie theater. Um, we saw the shooting at pulse. We saw the Las Vegas shooting, the Las Vegas massacre, um, and countless other shootings that have happened since then.
2: Well, not of course, Colorado Springs. We can't.
1: Right. And, and most recently Colorado Springs, um, and and it just goes to show you, and and I say this all the time. We've had these conversations regarding you know sensible sensible gun control reform, and, and I, I,
2: yeah, that poor horse.
1: I say to myself that you know if if the murder of if the assassination and murder and and you know killing of six and seven year olds didn't make us feel the need for sensible gun control reform. Nothing will. And while we have seen some movement in the right direction with um, some sort of, you know, gun control legislation that passed the Senate and and the House recently and at the state level in some states, it's nearly not enough to circumvent or or combat the 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 issue that we're having in America with guns and the fact that, you know, we're hiding behind an amendment in our constitution that, um, you know, people are using as a means to allow this to continue to happen. This doesn't happen in any other country. You don't see shootings in schools in any other country, but the U S and that's scary. Yeah. And it says a lot. Yeah. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. And, um, and hope that these little angels are resting in peace.
2: Well, yeah, and I also think it's important to note that, like, the, the you know, um, sorry, the amendment that you're talking about in the Constitution, or the, what's the word I'm looking for?
1: Second Amendment, uh, yeah. the right to bear arms. Right.
2: That, that was put in place because at the time, you know, people... Needed to stand up and fight, and also they didn't have semi automatic ref weapons or right. automatic weapons, they had a gun that took them, you know, a minute to two to reload,
1: right? So, must get.
2: right? So, it's a lot different now, right. and I think co- the concept of common sense is like you shouldn't be able to, as a let me. You shouldn't be able to, as a private citizen, go in with an automatic rifle and kill innocent people. That said, there should be a provision that you know a militia can always stand up against their government, right?
1: Oh, well, then again, mean, that would be considered time, an insurrection,
2: <laughs> right? But like that's exactly what we did. That that's how um, you know we stood against um, Britain.
1: Right. Well, we declared that, our independence. We fought, you know, right. A war and there was over a that. whole
2: process behind right. it, right. But like, people shouldn't just be able to get guns to go into a school and shoot up kids. But like, in an instance like that, it's different,
1: right? It, it, well, we live in a completely different time and a complete, completely different era. And what meant at that time, the difference between, you know, Having the military come in and, for example, you you had to house military members in your house because they could just come in and say, we're commandeering your home and you're going to have to put us up and feed us and give us whatever and, and have the right to to organize a militia and 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 own a gun. Um yes, we're, we're we're saying listen, that still stands. You can you can buy a handgun, you can buy a shotgun. No one's saying that you can't. But what we're trying to to advocate for, at least I'm in favor of advocating for is not giving a an ordinary citizen the opportunity to get their hands on a weapon of mass destruction that has no reason being on our streets. I
2: I'm more advocating for Thorough background checks
1: universal, yeah. I mean it has to be because
2: like like um from like mental stability to general background right everything like you shouldn't be able to go into a Walmart and buy an a r fifteen
1: right, and you know if you have a record, for example, if you have a history of for example, domestic violence, you should not be able to borrow mental women. illness or well, mental I, illness i think
0: uh, you're as, you're a gun owner. As a gun owner. Right. Speak. Res- responsible gun owner. I think a lot of the processes are antiquated. And and not only as a gun owner, but even for the processes that are taken to enlist individuals into the military or even the police force. I believe that a lot of the, you know, quote unquote processes that they have in place are not up to the, today's standards. No. And a lot of it is is questioning that has been in place for eons. And you can bullshit your way around an, a, a survey or a questionnaire a hundred times. Right. You know, and, and, and it's up to the person that's doing the, the so-called interview to have the know-how and the intellect to kind of pick up on that. That's not always the case. Right. Mm-hmm. People that are doing this are doing this with thousands of people on a, on a, on a given time. And at some point, it just becomes very um, uh, um, automated, right? Right. So after the 200th person, you're like, okay, name, date of birth. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? All you're looking for are those answers. You're not You're not studying the person. Right. And I think that's a big part of it. Um, <clears throat> gun ownership should be a responsible thing person a responsible individual i'm a gun owner because i hunt i'm not a gun owner because i want to collect 52 different types of firearms
2: right right. but do you have an ar-15
0: no but see the, the, there's a big misconception those rifles are hunting rifles and you can go from automatic to semi-automatic right. they are used for hunting and sometimes when you're hunting especially wild boars or bears one shot doesn't always take them down you have to. Sometimes you will need multiple shots.
1: How bad so, can you be when you need, like, you know, when you need to fire fifteen but, rounds but in it less happens. than a minute? Yeah,
0: no, no, you shouldn't have to fire fifteen rounds. But that's what I'm saying. You yeah. don't need to own that gun. Yeah, but <laughs> th- there is a difference as to why there is a specific gun for specific uh, things. For me, uh, semi-automatic weapons that that shouldn't technically, for me, my opinion anyway, an Uzi right AK47 those are those are military military grade firearms right. and then again it's always been something that people have been able to get collectors and so on and you and, and there's so many out there you can't really can control that any longer i know because they're already out there so putting laws to restrict certain things i understand but you still have people that have had them prior to that so right. there then you have your grandparent your grandfathered Uh, uh, um, stipulations right Mm -hmm. right shit's already out there
1: Yeah, i think that you know know, there should be no grandfathering if that's the case you know if if you own a gun that now is restricted then you need to surrender your gun you know maybe the government can do a buyback program that will give you some sort of you know monetary compensation for what you paid for the gun and not have them I, i just think that they're not needed, and you know when there's, we think there's about.
0: There's always there's always a, a way around it because, for example, if I wanted to ship my father-in-law a spear gun for fishing hmm? in Puerto Rico, I can't because it's against the law to, to ship it, right? Any way, in right. way, shape, or form. However, I can order the parts and ship it in parts, right? Because now you're not sending one item, you're sending multiple. A whole bunch of them, right. And then in Puerto Rico, he can sit there and put his own spearfish gun together. Right. And it's not illegal. Right. So you see, there's always a, (laughs) no matter how you put it, a lot of people that have a lot of these um, semi autos are kits that they buy online and they put them together as a hobby.
1: Right. And not to mention, I mean, you have a lot of states that have legislation in regards to background checks, in regards to being able to, you know, fill out an application to have a license. Connecticut is one of them. But then you have other states that don't. And then you have people and and trade shows that happen where they will sell you a gun and one of these states doesn't require any type of background checks or licenses. And you can buy them and just bring them with you. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, there needs to be some sort of universal federally. Uh, enacted mandated that that covers that that sort of kind of you know makes it even even keeled throughout all of the 50 states so that everyone has to follow the same rules yeah. um, which will you know in a way help will it eliminate the possibility of of um, avoiding you know shootouts and killings no but it would help
3: yeah mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And and that's so, all we ask for the opportunity to just make things a little bit safer. Yeah,
0: and, and the other thing I, I wanted to mention, cause I know we, we always talk about, you know, the, the lives that were lost. You also got to remember that there's a lot of uh, students and teachers that were, that are still living, that are still mm-hmm. dealing with this Right. Mm-hmm. and looking at the time frame r- right now, a lot of these kids, we would have been 16, 17. Right. Right. <clears throat> Their counterparts that, you know, by the grace of God, didn't, weren't harmed. You got to think about how these kids are dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, with the trauma. Oh, yeah. Um, losing their friends. Um, a lot of these kids at this point this year should have been looking at colleges, you right. know, getting their driver's licenses. And, mm-hmm. and look at the timeline, you know. It's like, it's it's tough. I mean, and we forget sometimes that there are still people out there that are still dealing with oh, yeah. the emotional baggage that this left them with right. um you know my nephew being one of the uh, being an emt at the time they responded to a couple of the uh, uh issues but uh, the guys that were live there half of those guys went through some major traumatic issues a lot of them aren't right, right. i mean mentally just some of them like within that week quit altogether yeah doing emt firemen cops there was a multiple you know a lot of people that were affected by that you know not not just the families the families that lost their lives i mean that's that's a great impact the people that had go in there and deal with it you know in the beginning and have to you know deal with the cadavers that's that's a lot to take on so yeah. i mean and- it's
1: it's whatever was left at this point, because there was a lot of damage that was was done. There was a lot
0: of damage that was done, a lot of stuff that needed to be done. And uh, unfortunately, you know, these these are the, these are the repercussions of people that have mental illnesses that are not addressed. Right. Right. You know, and and that's, you know, uh, going back, you know, going back to today's article with uh, Twitch.
2: Right. TJ Twitch.
0: Mental health. Right. You know, took his own life.
2: Right. And you would have never known. You would have never known. Never known. Never and known,
0: you know? So it, it's it's difficult. It's hard. Um, we, we tend to forget, especially during the holidays, uh, people are missing family members. People are missing, you know, even within the LGBTQ community, we have people that, that have lost families because of coming out. So we, we, we just need to keep in mind that mental health is something we need to be aware of and... and and try and support people any which way we can
1: 100 percent agree all right well let's put a pin in this conversation uh we do need to go to break because we have our guests coming on shortly after so we're going to take a break and we will be right back All right, ladies and gents, welcome back from our break. Thank you so much for allowing us to do that and refresh our refreshments and our adult beverages. Uh, But we are back and we're super excited because joining us today, of course, is Shannon Ronan. She is the founder of Open Air Press. She is joining us to discuss... Uh, Their first published book, uh, which is called Coming Out Together, a collection of short memoirs on the LGBTQ plus experience. Uh, So I would like to take the opportunity to welcome you to the show and thank you for joining us.
4: Hi, everyone. How's it going?
1: We're doing wonderful. (laughs) So before we get started, I'd like you to get acquainted with who's uh, sitting behind which mic. So uh, I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself first.
2: Hi, hon. I'm Nick.
4: Hi
1: Nick. I am Tom,
0: and I am Jay or Jay. Hello guys,
4: how's it going?
1: How we're doing wonderful. Uh, we're excited to have you. Obviously, you know you have this amazing uh, work and collection of of coming out stories coming out, and we're going to talk about that.
4: That sounds great.
1: So before we get started, why don't we talk a little bit about, um, open air press. You, um, it's my understanding you are the founder of open air press. Tell us a little bit about that and then we can move into the book.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thanks so much for having me on. Um, appreciate you getting back in touch with me and letting me come on and talk about it. Um, of course, yeah. Open air press. I guess I'll just, I'll kind of give the backstory of how it all, all came to fruition. Um, I'm sure you're all aware of of Matthew Shepard and the the incident that happened in 1998. So that all, um, that incident happened just a few months after I actually had come out and I'm from a small little rural mountain town, uh, between Sacramento and Tahoe and California. And, um, you know, that incident really shook me. So, um, I happened to be driving out to a, uh, branded Carlisle concert in Red Rocks, uh, last year And I saw that I was going to be driving through Laramie, which is where that had had occurred. Um, So I looked up and found that there was a memorial bench in in his honor at university of Wyoming. So I went there and I stopped and I had lunch and just wanted to pay a visit to it. And it was a little heavier than I had anticipated. And I somewhat made a little bit of a, a silent vow to him that I, you know, whatever limited capacity I could do would just wanted to do something that his death wouldn't be in vain. And so I, uh, carried on to the concert and met up with this incredible group of people that I somehow just became part of this community during, during COVID times. Actually, it's this, um, it was, it's called Bramley, which is, you know, it's a, it's a fan club based on Brandy's music. But the reason I joined is because they were doing all these live shows during quarantine time. So I actually got, you know, my fill of music. I had no idea of this community that I would become a part of, or, you know, this LGBT community. I didn't even know I needed in my life. Um, But just amazing people, obviously the music brought us together, but this bigger, deeper connection of just feeling supported and seen and for who you are, um, all of these things. And it just occurred to me, so many of these people had talked to me about their coming out stories, Um, how amazing would it be to collect those and get them out into the world a little wider just to help those going through the process to know that they're not alone. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of really what the seed was. So I I was driving home and it's really when the idea occurred to me and I thought, you know, um, why not create a publishing company? And then that way I can kind of collect these stories and publish them for, for them. Um, I, you know, i have a little bit of background having, uh, you know, business developed. My wife and I actually co-found and own a two chicks jerky company. So some of that, you know, translated into knowing how to, t- how to start the business.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, so I just, I came home and just full force threw myself into it. And that's kind of the origins of Open Air Press. I, I named it that just to kind of symbolize, you know, letting everything out into the air. Um,
2: so I want to yeah. share with you that I, I, I've said this on the show several times that I also um, actually went a little out of my way. I was visiting friends in Colorado and I took a trip to Laramie uh, because Matthew Shepard is i am going to get emotional. I always get emotional. Um, but he's uh, very poignant in my life as well. And we sat on the same bench, and oh, wow. and I actually went to uh, the location where he was um, tied up, and I left flowers. And that experience yeah. for me was, um, I, I honestly I can't even describe it. But uh, bringing that experience and, and that moment into the show has been something that's been so important to me. And after. You know, reading through some of the stuff that you sent over and the fact that some of the proceeds of this book are actually going um, to support the Matthew Shepard Foundation. Yeah. Um, I knew that we definitely wanted to talk to you and how important this book really is. That was a super powerful moment. So I completely know probably what you were feeling when you were sitting on wow. the bench.
4: Yeah, it was it was heavy. And, you know, f- coincidentally enough, when I first looked up the memorial site, I'll be honest, it took me to that field. Yep. So I also went there and the owners have since take, taken down the fence. Yep. Um, so that was actually where I went first before I went to the bench. Same. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you understand it was it was, um, um yeah, a heavy, a heavy moment. Um, so, yeah, that's a big part of it was definitely my wanting to not, you know, starting a publishing company with a purpose of of helping heal others and create empathy, too, for those that read these firsthand accounts of what it's like. Um, but then to also contribute to the Looking Out Foundation as well as the Matthew Shepard Foundation with sales with the percentage of the book sales was was important to me to help them further their, you know, their wider reaching important mm-hmm. work.
2: So I don't know much about the Looking Out Foundation. I don't know if you can expand on that a little bit.
4: Yeah, of course. So uh, you know, the aforementioned company, my wife and I also own two chicks jerky. Um, we have, we, we also created a giving back initiative with that company. Um, we donate a percentage of our monthly sales to the looking out foundation, which was started actually by Brandy Carlisle and her wife, as well as her two bandmates, Tim and Phil Hanseroth. Um, and they're just incredible. I mean, they're this umbrella of, uh, it's a foundation and they donate from everything to LGBT rights, children in conflict, immigrants, um, I mean, a, a gamut civil rights. Um, so it's it's really nice, you know, I love having a product that people can feel good about, you know, it's like voting with your dollar, right? You know, knowing that it's going to at the at the tail end to a good cause.
2: yeah right So you know, skimming through this book because I really didn't have a chance to dive into it, um, there yeah. are a lot of stories in here, and i I think about every time I go on a first date, you always cover your coming out story. I don't know why. In the gay community, right. it's just a thing. Like, you, you yeah. It, yeah. It,
1: it, it's like something you have to do. Right. right? You and go on a date
2: and... Yeah, and I don't know why. It's like, yeah, my parents were horrible, but they're great now. Like, whatever. But right. like, long story short, like, how did you identify and, and pull in all of these individuals for these stories? Are they people that were close to you? Or was it something of outreach?
4: It was outreach. So it was a little it was a little bit of both like the, that community that I spoke of, which is, the, you know, we call them the Bramley. There's a number of people from that community who've contributed. My wife and I have, are in there. Um, but above and beyond that, I reached out to every single LGBT center. I mean, hundreds I could find across the country. Some of them put bulletins out to their members. Um, and so I got a few that way. So there's a number that are I mean, it's from all around the country. And I'm so I mean, the stories I I was blown away with how uniquely beautiful I mean, from, you know, gay, lesbian, trans to to rough time with parents to the shame around religion like all of all of those things. But I I think for a lot of us, what's what's amazing is that no matter how different it looks, we can all understand the emotions behind it. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Right. Right. And, and, you know, the interesting thing, as you mentioned, um, you know, being able to connect network right to be able to reach out to lgbtq plus centers all over the u.s often we are always saying that one of the best ways that we can help our community is to support those centers because they are the lifeline they are the the first place of contact for you to be able to actually find one of the resources that you need and then network Because they all speak to each other. And the fact that you thought of using them as a means to be able to bring in these stories and then tell those stories, I think it's brilliant because we don't use our resources as often as we should. And that's why they're there.
4: That's true. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I'm just so I I feel very grateful for those that were willing to share their stories um, for this project. I mean, it's, you know. Were there... I think it's going to help a lot of people.
2: Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Um, I'm wondering, were there a lot of common threads when we're talking about, like, may, like religion or parents? Like, what was something that stuck out?
4: I, I mean, yeah, I, there was definitely a few that had a rough time with parents. Um, certainly, uh, religion was a, was a theme amongst these stories. Those would, be, those would probably be the two dominant, and um, I can relate, you know, to those, so
2: i think all of us can relate to those oh i, yeah. I mean i know
1: yeah. <laughs> i know I'm that that I'm dealing with my parents um my mother was an absolute love she has been my supporter even before i knew i was gay um you know my dad not so much that when was a struggle did you not
2: know you were gay oh i think i was
1: i was swimming somewhere and i you know i had my rainbow swimsuit on <laughs> um that's all i'm going to say uh but no you know she was she was great my dad not so much and so i know that um you know it, it's very challenging you know to navigate personalities uh people's religious backgrounds their beliefs and and how you you avoid getting sucked into to that whole dynamic and and how most importantly you can then get away from that and build your own network of people, your own chosen family that is going to support you through all of that chaos. Right.
4: Yes, Yes, absolutely. That's, you know, sometimes the community doesn't look like what's in your immediate, you know, surroundings. And, you know, that's part of the coming out is helping people heal is just to realize it's, you know, um, that you're not alone and that there is community waiting on the other side to support you. And, you know, in reference to the stories themselves, you know, some are hard, some some were certainly ugly, um, some were good, but I, all of them are important to read, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody has a different experience around it. So, I mean, it's it's the book I wish I had growing up.
1: I Probably think we- would have been
4: tucked under my mattress somewhere, right. you know, hidden and safe. But
1: yeah. I think that would be true for all of us, right? Uh, If we could see, see, I I feel that the generation that's growing up today has so many advantages in the sense that they're living in a time in where being gay, while nationally there's there's a huge conversation between, you know, suppression and especially in our trans community, um, the amount of materials that you have today and the amount of resources are nowhere, are far more than what we ever had. And, you know, we had to navigate that and then we had to create what it is that people are experiencing today from our suffering, from our pain, from our struggle. And we did it as a labor of love because we knew it wasn't easy. And our goal as community members and as people who have lived in different eras and in different generations is to make it that much more easier for those that come after us. right
4: you're so right yeah and and here we are also standing on the shoulders of those before us who i mean arguably might have even had it rougher right you
1: know right and and so it makes me proud that we've come a long way you know especially with yeah. yesterday's signing of the respect for marriage act yes. which i'm sure you're elated about because yeah. depending on where you live um, if, Ro- if, if Obergefell were to be um, overturned at the Supreme Court level, there are certain states that still don't have um, marriage equality codified into law or at, at, you know, or constitutionally at the state level. And so we still have many brothers and sisters and members of our community that will be impacted if that were to ever come to fruition. But this law... Adds a level of protection because federally you have to acknowledge the fact that someone is legally married
4: i know i love I love it I loved the swiftness <laughs> of that happening mm-hmm. based on the time frame of when Clarence Thomas essentially flirted with the fact that they wanted to look at that right, yes. right. yeah,
1: and what saddens me the most is that we weren 't able to do that with roe v Wade right and with the Dobbs ruling mm-hmm. and and we didn't get there in time. And now we're, we're sort of kind of you know having to deal with the repercussions of allowing the Supreme Court to make that kind of judgment and ruling that now affects millions of women all over this country.
4: Yeah.
2: The sad truth, it's like one step forward.
1: And nine back, but you know well, we two, keep fighting. But,
2: um, so
4: pendulum I, of progress, right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, so I know that every story in this book is significant and important. But I was wondering if you would be willing to share one that was specifically like, like stood out to you or, you know, you connected with um, uh, whether you want to read it or whether you just want to talk about the process, about getting the information and what the story is about. Um, but I would love
4: to hear that. Yeah, um, that's actually kind of a tough question because <laughs> a lot of them I related to. Um let me... Let me actually pull up the chapter guide here in front of me. <laughs>
1: uh, That's awesome. So while you're doing that, um, you know, we're definitely going to want to know. So, so we know that the book is obviously complete. Um, it's published.
4: Not well. So the release date is set for February or March. OK. Uh, final details. I'm waiting on, you know, the collecting of quotes for the back of the book from pertinent uh, media outlets and people is a, a process that takes a bit of time. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting on a, a couple of those still. Um, and then in the meantime, I'm really kind of working out the, the nitty gritty details. Um, I just put together a resource page for the very back for, you know, um, LGBT, uh, suicide prevention hotlines that I want to have in the back. And then I'm also choosing, um, a lot of inspirational quotes to have uh, sprinkled throughout the book. Um, and then, you know, the placement of the number, the page numbers and the, you know, yep. all the right. little things you don't think about. So those things are it's the it's essentially the finish line. As soon as I get the the rest of the quotes for the back um, returned to me, then it's it's just a matter of waiting for the actual printing to take place. Gotcha.
1: OK. I just want to make sure that we haven't missed the release date. And if it is coming up, we want to make sure that we support you with that. But there are pre-sales right now, correct? correct.
4: I am taking pre-orders. Yeah. Pre-orders are available on the website. OK. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been an amazing process. I mean, from from the idea hitting me, uh, you know, on that road trip to where it's at now, it's just uh, I can't wait to hold it.
1: <laughs> That's inc- right. Right. I have it it's like like you, you,
4: in my hands.
1: You get that feeling because, uh, you know, you, you turn in a manuscript and, and you know, it's like you you say, OK. Hopefully this will materialize soon. But like you said, there's so many pieces that need to come together and so many things that you need. And then once you get that final product in your hand and you're like, oh, my God, this is real. Yeah. It's, right. I'm sure it's I've never written a book before who knows maybe one day I will oh god I won't maybe, read it. maybe I won't um, right. but I can only 10, imagine 10,000 leagues <laughs> 10,000 leagues you under the nasty. Marriott <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I can only imagine that you know having something that you created that you you put together and then um, see it come to fruition and you hold it in your hands. It's got to mm-hmm. be one of the most satisfying things that you will ever experience on earth.
4: I can't wait. I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to do. Um, my hope is to do a few release events as well. Um, I'm located here in California, but may, you know, I'm thinking Seattle, Portland, San Francisco.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and, you know, if anybody that's, there's been a few bookstores that have asked if I would be willing to do readings, which I'd be happy to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whatever will help get the, the, you know, this book out there. Cause the more people that read it or, or after, you know, mm-hmm. the more people it can help potentially. So, That's so
2: amazing. I, I also, while you're looking, I want to share with you. So we recently had um, a guest on our show um, and he hosts a podcast called this queer book saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Yes, and yes. so we'll, okay. we'll, we'll connect you. We'll make it happen. But I'm actually, yeah. I'm yeah, at, I'm actually joining him um, in January uh, for the second um, mm. season. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about, actually a play, but I'm going to talk about how that, you know, just kind of like adjusted and changed my life. And I think connecting you two and promoting something like this would really help um, not only the book, but in general, the community
1: yeah, I think you'll yeah. definitely enjoy. Uh, JP, uh, he was amazing. Him and his and his partner actually, um, you know, spearheaded this this concept. Um, and they're doing great work. Season one of their podcast was incredible. If you get a chance. Um, you know, listen to it. I'll
4: have to, yeah, I'm going to write that down. Actually, yeah. <laughs> this, this
1: queer book saved my life. Um, uh, it's an amazing concept, but I think I think it, you should definitely connect. And yep. you know, the more the more places that um, you can you know share what it is that you're trying to do, I think w- will help the cause of of making sure that um, the book is a success. One because that's important, right? That's the whole reason right. why you decided that you wanted to 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 go on this journey, but also the, the, the fact that the more books you sell, the more help you provide to organizations that help our community. And I think that that's a, that's a double whammy win in my book. 100% yeah. That I don't even know or written yet. (laughs) 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 So, um, so, okay. So going back to, um, Nick's original question, um, one story that stood out to you out of all the ones that you've collected thus far.
4: Yes, absolutely. So, um, one that I do, it was, oh my gosh, where did it go? <laughs> um, it's by Mel, the the author's name is Mel Flowers. I was just trying to look for the page number. Sorry. Um, the title of it's the rest of the house. I'm 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 not going to take the opportunity to read the whole story on air right now. Just going to save that for when the book comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will just speak to the way it resonated with me. Is she talks a lot about kind of the shame around religion. That's a little bit of the theme with her with her book um, and kind of coming to terms with that. Um, it really resonated with me just in a sense. And I, when I first came out at the time, my, it wasn't my family wasn't hugely practicing, but it was always just kind of known. That we, you know, they believed in Jesus and the monotheistic belief system. Um, And it was something I never really had questioned. It was just there.
3: Right. But
4: so I just remember walking through the hallways in high school, um, you know, elated that all those feelings that come with when you're in love. Um, But then also, you know, occasionally I just be like a swift kick in the gut of just this guilt um, and like what's wrong with me um, this isn't right, you know, just battling all those things inwardly and not really having a support system, um, you know, not being out yet in a a town where I didn't know any other gay people. Um, her, her story kind of spoke to a lot of the emotions that I felt as well. Um, so that was one that was really, really great. Um, I mean, I, I will say what I like is that, You know, it's interesting with this style of writing. This wasn't something I asked for from any of the authors, but I I think just memoir style. A lot of them ended with like pieces of hope or positivity at Mm -hmm. the end or reflection, which I think was also uh, really cool about the book. um, In reference to when people read it and just being left with that.
2: So. It's funny that you mention that. So I'm looking at the story right now, and um, there's a quote in it. It says, Mom, I have something to tell you. What is it, honey? Um, uh, That thing that happened at school was uh, was more than you thought it was. The girl and I are dating. She's my girlfriend. The mother responds, I'd rather be dead than have a gay daughter. And then if you look toward the end, and I won't reveal it, there is a very yeah. uplifting moment, and I can also. Um, uh, it's kind of similar to to my situation, right? Like with my family, there was a very contentious time, and now we are very close, right? Um, right. And I think that I think that it's so beautiful to not only acknowledge the struggle that we went through, but then there is this period of time where not only do we have to forgive our parents but we have to understand that not only were we going through something but they were also acknowledging and going through something as well right. and if we can't come back to like hopefully in most cases we can come back to a place of love and I think that's beautiful about the story.
4: Yeah, no absolutely and it's it's weird that moment when you get old enough or have reflection enough to realize that your parents are their, their own people with their own ways of viewing the world and what they've been through and their own insecurities
2: Mm -hmm. you know so yeah we always talk on the show about like so for parents out there like if 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 somebody or if your child is coming out to you and you you're not ready to um really move forward with the conversation take that moment for yourself really reflect so that you can address it in the correct way and not not tear someone down But find find a way to uplift them while understanding what you're going through. Right.
1: Because, I mean, we always say, you know, when you come out, it's not just you coming out. Everyone around you comes out because you have to deal with um, the fact that you just admit it to everyone that you thought loved you or that you thought you... um, held in 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 these pillars of what society says you have to hold your parents in or your uncles your aunts or anyone that that you're supposed to love right mm-hmm. um when you come out they have to adjust to that as well mm-hmm. and people go yeah. through the motions of of you know shock um in some cases it's not shock you know just validating the fact that of what they thought was the case is enough to send them into uh oh my God, what am I gonna do? Um, yeah, and you sort of kind of have to let people breathe, right go your way, do whatever you need to do, reflect on whatever you need to reflect. then when everything is calm and collected, let's all get back together yeah. and discuss right I love
2: you, but I need a minute
1: right, and that
2: may There's not be the case right.
4: on all yeah. ends that goes into this process right um, um, yeah,
2: so I generally throw a curveball. Are you ready for it? Oh God. <laughs> I'm uh, I,
4: I don't know. I'm going back to my softball roots now. A, you know, <laughs> well, I rob, never played softball, sure. so you, you,
2: you've got one on me. So um, we also talk on the show a lot about how the representation in media and in books is very unbalanced. Um, when it comes to, um, lesbian representation or gay men representation, trans representation and all of that stuff. And looking at your book, I feel as though your stories are very balanced, but I feel like it's something so special to be able to, to share some of these stories about these women coming out. And, and I want to know from your perspective, what that means, like, how did that make you feel? Because I feel personally, there's not enough representation for the lesbian community.
4: I mean, I'll I'll speak to this in general. When I started researching doing this book uh, and certainly there's literature out there about the LGBTQ plus experience, there isn't another book that I found that is just a collection about coming out itself. Right. Uh, So I felt like it was incredibly important to have that, you know, piece of, of being, being gay out there, you know, and shared with the world. Um, I'm, incredibly proud of how it's come together um the thought of it's there's a lot of emotions for me involved with the thought of um how it can help heal and help other people and not just those that have come out but like you guys have spoken to those you know in their lives maybe reading all these other stories or those who are currently going through it you know um I just think it's, it's really important stories to have out in the world.
1: Yeah. Right. And and, you know, another thing too, it's like you mentioned, you know, that that we don't get enough representation um, for lesbian stories. Also for bisexual stories. We have a bisexual man that sits here with us week after week. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking (laughs) about you, mister. (laughs) Um, You know, it's,
0: it's,
1: it's amazing to see that, you know, we have to navigate the fact that we are such a diverse community. We have so many different aspects of um, of our queer community that make up who we are as, as an identity. Yet we have so many sub identities within that one identity um, that sometimes makes it a little challenging when you're trying to do projects like this um, to really make sure it's balanced. Um, but I think that, you know, we're working in the right direction, I think that as authors, because we've had an opportunity to to, you know, interview a lot of different authors uh, from different genres to from different types of uh, books. And I I feel that that as a community, we're heading in the right direction. Um,
4: yeah. I mean, I, I will say when I started this this endeavor, it was really important to me to have the representation across the board. Mm-hmm. So right. trans gay, let all you know. It was important to me to have it be a variety of perspectives and voices um, with this experience.
1: So, so we know that the book uh, is soon to come out. You can pre-order yeah. the book. Um, yes. Do you plan on doing maybe a volume two, or do you have any other projects that you'll be potentially working on that we could probably get a, you know, an announcement on? <laughs>
4: Well, there, so nothing solid, I will say, um, I, I definitely love publishing. I've really enjoyed the process. I, I've had a few people come to me to actually now publish their books. Um, so that, that, you know, I do have a, um, a theme of sorts that I wanted to try to stick with, which is illuminating marginalized voices. And we all know that there's plenty in our country,
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, whether, you know, immigrants, um, black people, um, You know, homeless people formerly incarcerated. I mean, there's there's a ton. Um, So I, you know, I have my mind around trying to to further, you know, um, just share those voices as well. Um, But nothing, nothing concrete yet. I've just been so um, in the in the world of this book.
1: Okay, well, well, I certainly appreciate it. I always try to see if there's a scoop that I can like squeeze out of people. <laughs> but that's just who I am. Um, Shannon, I think uh, the work that you're doing is incredible. So I want to thank you um, for your time today and coming on the show and talking to us about your incredible um, project. Um, once again, remind us when we can expect the book to be officially released. And then give us the information on the pre-order, your website. I want you to sell yourself. Tell us how our yeah. listeners can find you. <laughs> so, um, all that. Good Coming stuff.
4: out together, memoirs on the LGBTQ plus experience um, is set to release in March 2023. Um, that is the that is the the month we are shooting for. Um pre-orders are available on the website, openairpress.com. Um and if you don't mind, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind actually ending with the final paragraph from that Mel Flower story because it is so beautiful.
1: Oh no, not but at oh, all. Yeah, please kind of a, Yeah,
4: a nice um, so Mel Flowers wrote, those big, important coming out moments are always hard, regardless of how you think that, 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 it will be received. I just want you to know, you never have to be ashamed of being yourself. If Someone truly loves you. They will accept you. It may take time, but patience is rewarding. If you feel rejected by some, remember there, there are those who will always love you for you. I love you and your true authentic self. You don't have to come out today or even tomorrow or next week. You will know when the moment feels right to open that closet door and finally stand on the other side. The rest of the house is way nicer than the closet.
3: I agree. It's
4: so beautiful. It gives me like, I you know,
2: because
4: that's the other thing. I don't want people to read this. And if you're not ready yet, that's also okay.
2: Right. And what I will say, and I don't know when I started saying this, but I hate talking about, you know, the closet you know, once you open that closet door, it's now a liberated space. That's your space. It's your liberated space, and I think that that is so powerful.
4: Yeah, I I literally got goosebumps reading that.
1: That, that it, it's it's pretty intense, you know, to think that. Um, it's amazing how you can take experiences and put them into words that really change perspectives, that really change lives. Um, and and that's yeah. what I feel like the work that you've just finished or where you're almost completed with and and ready to publish will do it'll give you an opportunity or give others an opportunity to to read up and know like you said they're not alone there's so many people that go through this process every single day and that we battle with those demons every day. And then hopefully we can wield that magical sword. That's going to slay that demon and allow us to really just come out and shine and be the beautiful people that we know we are in our community. So thank you for doing that work.
4: Yes. Thank you. I've really enjoyed talking to you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm, I cannot wait to have this book out.
1: Well, I will tell you that when we finally get a release date, we really want to reconnect again. Have you come back on, tell us, you know, um, a little bit about, you know, the experience maybe after it's released, we can talk about, you know, your, your, your journey as an official, you know, published author, because then it's out there. People are buying it. People are getting it. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to. I always say, you know, um, it
2: would be really amazing and I know that we need to wrap it up, but if but when when you have the date and you know you know it's coming out and all this stuff let's let's also see if one of um the story you know somebody who shared a story with you would join yes. you and us on the show to talk about their story and their process with you promoting this um in general i think that would be really powerful i think
1: that would be amazing
4: that would be absolutely amazing and i know a number of those authors would be more than happy and willing cuz you know just as far as the overall cause and mission with the project.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. that is fantastic. Uh, well, Shannon, thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Um, and we'll make sure to, to plug uh, your website and all of the information and a lot of what we've discussed here today so that um, hopefully we can get some pre-sales going and um, we're excited to um, have you back and, and talk a little bit about, about the release process in itself.
4: Right on. Thank you so much. All thank right. you.
1: Have a good day thank you. <laughs> or night. Right. Or evening.
4: Yeah. <laughs> all, right.
3: all right. Have a good one. Bye, Thank you.
1: All right. Well, ladies and gents, that of course was Shannon Ronan Um, she is, of course, the founder of Open Air Press, and we're gonna have all the information on her book on her book and of course the website and how you can pre-order this amazing project uh so that you can have your own copy and help out uh, with the experience. Um, wow, she's such a sweet lady. I yeah, loved her. I loved her. All right. As we mentioned, uh, we had one more thing. Well, actually, we didn't mention this, but we do have one more thing that we just wanted to finish on, um, finish the show on, which is good news. We talked a little bit about it um, with uh, Shannon herself, and that was the signing of the actual law itself, the Respect of Marriage Act by our president, Joseph R. Biden, uh, yesterday. Uh, it is officially a law now. It is codified into law that marriage equality is protected for those who have been legally married in state and word. it is legal, which is currently all 50. So, um, yeah. Large claps. Yes, queen. And um, now I'm going to toss it over to my boys so that they can do what they do best. Because, um, you know, this intern don't know shit. And um, yeah.
0: Mama Kim's minutes. All right. All right, everybody.
2: Thank you. Here's fairy Mama dust, Kim fairy Smith. Dust, fairy dust. Number one, Pete Buttigieg slams GOP congresswoman who cried as she begged colleagues to reject marriage bill.
1: Not only Pete, her nephew her
0: had not seen him. Came out. That was Ooh. good. That was an awesome video.
2: Number two, star of Hallmark's first gay Christmas film. I saw it, and of uh, course you did. <laughs> on how authentic queer story comes to life. Mm-hmm. Number three, our favorite. Twenty our twenty-three favorite LGBTQ plus books of twenty twenty
1: two. All right. And hopefully in twenty twenty three we will make this new memoir, uh stories of memoirs of coming out, um, part of those books. Yeah, absolutely. All right.
0: Mr. Jay, All then, on this oh, day oh in God. gay history. That's the button I gotta get. Yeah. Jay. <laughs> Sophia Pembara <laughs> screaming, J. J! Oh boy. <laughs> That'll be the next one then. Okay. Uh, so, on this day in gay history, December 4th, 1576, in Italy. Oh, God, I'm going to screw this up. I know that. Try. Ta- Torquato Tasso admits his same-sex attractions. Horacio Ariosto. Torquato Tasso admits. Torquato.
1: What? Torquato Tasso, Tasso admits-, admits.
0: His same-sex attractions. Mm. The famous Italian poet writes about Horacio Oriosotto. In a letter, I love Erio him. Soto. Soto.
1: He's Italian. He
0: knows Erio, Soto. Erio Soto. Well, yeah, the Italians change yeah. everything over. Yeah. yeah. I'm speaking. Hey, it's closer than a, English. In a Spanish. <laughs> I was saying that in, a, in a Spanish. In, a in a Spanish. In Spanish. So the Italian poet writes about or- Orazio in a letter I love him and I shall love him for some months. For too strong was the impression that love made. In my soul to erase it in a few days.
1: Typical man, mm-hmm. for for a couple a few of months. months. That's it. That?
0: <laughs> really? Mm.
1: Like you can't say years. He is uh, or, or that was the a fifteen
0: seventy six booty call. <laughs> <laughs> that, was grind, few, that was the grinder. That was the grinder of 1576. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few months. Next,
1: oh month. my god, I hate you both so By much. By the time
2: he gets the letter, oh the months month are going to be over. over. I
0: cannot. I cannot. Well, all right. How, well, how long would it take for a letter to get from one place to the other? Huh? In right. 1576,
1: they didn't even have the Pony Express.
0: Shit. Okay, pigeons.
1: Right. I, don't I don't know, know. What Crows what, what did they call them On Game of Thrones You send a, a raven <laughs> Yeah a raven, raven.
0: <laughs> As the raven flies
1: Oh my god That's too crazy
0: Alright well ladies and gents
1: Thank you so much For joining us On today's show If you love the show Make sure you go subscribe Rate and review On your favorite Podcasting service By doing so You get the latest And greatest of our show Delivered right to your Web browser Or your device As soon as our episodes Are published
0: you can also support us on Patreon with Patreon. You, our listeners, can also support the show with its pledged donations. And the, and the donations are collected monthly, and it could be at any denomination of a dollar or more.
1: Yes, Queen.
2: All right, and thank you, thank you, thank you, Nick, for doing your job, because we had <laughs> a wonderful guest today, yes, Shannon did. Ronan, founder of Founder of Open Air Press, they are publishing their first book, Coming Out Together, a collection of short memoirs on the LGBTQ <laughs> plus experience.
1: Try that again. Memoirs. Thank you. Yeah, All right. And... Um Oh god, wait. And now <laughs> and here's no. with our weekly reminder. Um, for all of you bottoms out there who want to keep your buttholes on point, yes we are talking about future method. Go queen!
2: Alright everybody, get the future method today. Each time you clean out with water or enemas, delicate tissues are harmed and cells are damaged, increasing chances of injury and or STDs. This first-of-its-kind doctor-developed formula gently cleanses before you play without hurting your bum. Visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life-changing bum cleanser today. Also, a great Christmas present.
1: That's right. And it comes in powder form, which is travel-friendly. Mm-hmm. Jay bear
0: Absolutely. And as always, we would like to put a ring on it.
1: Okay. Do you have it on you? I don't need pubes on my on my table. No, not today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It's like she and ripped that sh- shit off And just flung, <laughs> yeah, it, flung it, it on the fucking counter table. And I'm like There's a pube on top of our desk That is You've disgusting. had pubes
0: in your mouth plenty Girl please I used to Our show is desk. available on our website At GayTalk20.com <laughs> Under audio podcast <laughs> It is also available as, as a free download on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher Radio.
2: All right, everybody. You can find us on social media Facebook, Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram, Gay Talk 2.0. You can email us at gaytalk2.0 at gaytalk20.com. Tom,
1: give it a try. If you need to reach out to us, just head on over to our website. Click on the Contact Us tab there. You can leave comments, suggest topics, submit a question for the cast or an individual host or even one of our guests. Imagine that. You can also call us and leave us your uh, questions on voicemail. Our phone number is 334-GAY-TALK. And if you need all those digits, it is, excuse me. You'll get there. Three three four four two nine eight two five five. I had a burp. Um, you can um, don't forget that we do stream live every Wednesday at six p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and unless this intern doesn't screw it up, you can actually access that live stream by visiting digitalstreamradio.com. Ladies and gents, I want to thank you all for joining us on today's show, and with that, th- I want to thank you and 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 that's it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: Bye. <laughs> Bye.
1: Thank you
0: for listening to this episode
1: of Gate Talk
0: 2.0. Tune in next time for more Dish.